Today on the channel, we're gonna talk about how to navigate being a dual agent and what all that entails, what it is, and how to make sure that you're doing it the right way. Let's get to it. Okay, so before we get into today's video, don't forget to hit the subscribe button. If you get any value from the channel, help me grow it. It takes two seconds. And there's like 60% of you guys that watch my videos regularly that aren't subscribed. So thank you so much. It means the world to me. Okay, so what is a dual agent? So first and foremost, a dual agent is a real estate agent that is representing both the seller and the buyer. And our industry, if you ever go to like the Facebook groups for realtors, you'll get kind of chewed out because people feel very strongly about dual agency. And you've got this side that's like, Absolutely not. It's not in the best interest of the seller and the buyer. They need their separate representation. And then you've got this side that's like, I don't want to deal with the realtors. So let me just handle the whole transaction. So I'm going to show you how to navigate it the right way. And my opinion, which take with a grain of salt, right? But my opinion on why it makes sense in certain situations and when you shouldn't do it. Okay. So we know what a dual agent is. We just said buyer and seller, they only have one agent. You're representing both sides. So let's talk about the pros and cons. So pros, it's very straightforward. So when you're representing both sides, you really aren't representing, right? So when you're representing both sides, you have a fiduciary responsibility, but you no longer are representing the seller or the buyer. You really just become like the messenger and in normal situations, because if you know my brand, you know that I work with the banks and in short sales and pre-foreclosures, but in normal situations, it really isn't in the best interest of the buyer or the seller to not have someone, the right agent, advocate for them, especially in negotiations. So if you have a house on the market and you also got a buyer, I always assign one of my agents to have the relationship with the buyer. Now it's still an intermediary transaction. Intermediary just means that it's in the same brokerage, could be the same team, but it's such a smoother process. And I have my responsibility to that seller since it's my listing, where now, even though me and the agent are working together, we now can advocate for our clients to create a win-win. Now, again, you know, some people feel very strongly and I'm sure this video will attract a lot of the agents that do feel strongly either way. But for me, if I can control like both sides in the sense, hear me out, if I can make sure that the agent doesn't kill the transaction, because that's really what I mean about control, like making sure that that buyer's agent isn't getting in the way of the closing, it is such a smooth transaction because one of my agents can represent that client and make sure that they're looking out for their best interest, but at the same time, not working against me as a listing agent. Because the reality is for the agents on this side that are like, I would rather represent both sides, it's because agents make it so difficult and half the time they're the reason why the seller or buyer don't end up at closing because they have to do things the way they think is important and they start, you know, their ego, they start puffing their chest and you're just like, what are you doing? Or worse, they don't know what they're doing and they ruin the transaction because they didn't vet their buyers or they didn't, you know, choose the right people and now the transaction is falling apart because they didn't do what they were supposed to or didn't have the knowledge to be able to make sure that, you know, the people that they're picking in the process is going the way it should. So when it comes to traditional transactions, that's the way that I do it. 
if a buyer comes into the office on one of our listings, I assign an agent and it's a smooth transaction. Now there are a lot of agents that will represent both sides where they won't assign an agent. And I think that it can get very convoluted and it becomes very difficult to truly represent either party because now you have a confidentiality, right? As part of your, you know, this is my client, you know, I have to be able to talk to them. And since my fiduciary responsibility is to the seller, I don't want to change that relationship to where I can't accurately represent them. Like I want to make sure that the seller comes out on top. And if a buyer comes in and you know, they're not represented and they don't want to be assigned an agent, I will just make sure that they, they know that they have no representation. So they'll sign the paperwork saying that they're okay with not having representation because I truly feel, and this is my opinion, that I wanna make sure that this is my seller, this is my responsibility to look out for their best interest. Okay, so that's a normal transaction. Now, let's talk about short sales. With short sales, it is actually a much easier transaction to do a dual agency where it actually doesn't matter because the seller is not really making the decisions, the bank is. So in that scenario, it's actually way easier instead of having to go through the buyer's agent who is not managing their client's expectations and I wanna make sure that we can get the deal done and you know make sure that the buyers are qualified, do the buyers know what's going on, or are they just gonna cancel because they're waiting too long for approval? So in the short sales, I feel that the dual agency is the best case scenario, especially because in a lot of the short sale transactions, they end up being you know, cash to investors. And at the end of the day, the lender is the one that we're negotiating with and they're the ones that set the terms. So for us to be able to create a win-win scenario, dual agency works great in these type of transactions. Now, of course, you know, when we're listing it on MLS, you know, we're, we're making sure we're getting the highest and best and we're going through that process. But when it comes to dual agency and we have investors or we have people that are off market, it's an easy, simple transaction because we know that it's a non-negotiable. The bank's gonna set the terms, the buyer either says yes or no, and we're negotiating on the seller's behalf. Now with foreclosures, it could be the same thing. It could be very straightforward where the seller is losing the house and if you're creating a win-win, you're not truly representing the investor, but you're finding the buyer. And I think when it comes to dual agency, we have to remember that there is a difference between sourcing a buyer and representing a buyer, okay? Because you can find a buyer and not represent them. So in these transactions, if you're working with pre-foreclosures and you're structuring a deal, like I'm going to make sure that everything is straightforward, that everything is disclosed, and because the seller is in that situation, this isn't a traditional transaction where like we know everything, like the seller's not hiding anything, like we know all of the payoffs, we get title upfront, so everything's pretty straightforward. So let me know in the comments, in the most respectful and nicest way possible, what your opinion is on dual agency. I also truly believe at the end of the day, you have to do what's comfortable for you. You have to do what you feel comfortable with. And most importantly, always remember that our job is to make sure that the clients, that the seller and buyer are being taken care of no matter how we're structuring the transaction. Let me know in the comments your opinion. If you wanna join our free pre-foreclosure class that's coming up, we have the link in the description and I'll see you guys next time.